Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. One full hour of wrestling news, entertainment, and lots of Sin City surprises from inside the squared circle. Now, let's bring on the host. Here is Mark Hoke. The bodies are falling, flying, getting destroyed right now at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Dear God, if you are not watching this Money in the Bank pay-per-view, excuse me, premium live event going on, you are missing a hell of a show. It has been an amazing week of professional wrestling between AEW and New Japan's Forbidden Door on Sunday, the Blood and Guts show from AEW in Detroit, and now the Money in the Bank premium live event going on right now as we speak, and a stunner as the late insertion theory has just claimed the Money in the Bank contract. You have got to be kidding me. Wow. I have no idea where this is going to go. Well, let me give you a welcome to the Mark Hoke Show, a special Saturday night edition. I'm flying solo tonight. I'm Mark Hoke. Thanks for being with us. But Theory was thrown into this match at the last minute. He lost the U.S. title earlier in the night to Bobby Lashley. And he is now taking a selfie with the money in the bank contract. That entitles him to a championship match against the champion of his choosing for one year. Pretty much everybody had their hands on the briefcase later in this match. Of course, you have to climb a ladder to get your hands on the briefcase. And other than almost who, of course, the seven foot three Nigerian giant who everyone picked up and threw through a table because, well, he's a seven foot three giant. But Theory was thrown into this match at the end, and he ends up picking up the money in the bank briefcase. And I can pretty much tell this crowd down at the MGM Grand is not going to be going home very happy about this choice. Wow, as he knocks Riddle, the sentimental favorite, off the ladder. And Theory is going home with the briefcase. Look at them taking them selfies. Oh, the big kissy face and everything as we go off the air for the Money in the Bank briefcase. Oh, my God. The kid's good. Of course, he's Mr. McMahon's chosen one. I don't know if he's going to be chosen by the fans, but unbelievable. So what have been a pretty feel-good show tonight, generally, ends with what the hell. Huh. All right. So there you go. That wraps up Money in the Bank for the night. 
So let's give you the rundown on what just happened as everybody's going to be filing out of the MGM Grand tonight. And oh boy. I, I, I don't know what to say, guys. I don't know what to say. I, I can't wait until tomorrow morning's show with Fish and Joe DeFalco as we get another wrestler shoved down our throats. Oh, my Lord. I, I, I just don't see how this makes any sense. I know that he is Vince McMahon's chosen kid. I get it. He's a good wrestler. But why? Here's what happened tonight. Let's break it all down for you. To open the pay-per-view, sorry, premium live event, because, of course, you don't have to pay. You have a membership to Peacock. The Women's Money in the Bank ladder match opens the show, and a very good one as Liv Morgan claims the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match contract. She defeats Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Becky Lynch, Lacey Evans, Raquel Rodriguez, and Shotzi. So one of the sentimental favorites wins that one. I think a lot of people were thinking Becky Lynch, maybe Raquel Rodriguez were going to come out of that one. But Liv Morgan wins the money in the bank contract match. Terrific match. Got everybody fired up to open that show. So Liv Morgan walks out and does an interview after the match is over and says, you know what? I've got a year to cash this thing in. You know, WrestleMania would be great. I think for right now, I'm in Las Vegas, and I'm just going to celebrate. Sounds like a good tactic to me. Good for her. And everybody's happy for Liv. Sentimental favorite for everybody. Everybody wants her at some point to win the championship. Good for her. Then we get Bobby Lashley, former WWE champion, of course, former United States champion, goes out and smashes Theory. Regains the United States Championship. And Bobby Lashley has his U.S. title back. I think a lot of people were a little surprised at that. Because we figured, well, Theory's kind of the chosen one. Figured there's going to be some sort of shenanigans going on. That he may escape Bobby Lashley. But nope, the guy who should win does win. Okay, there we go. That's cool. Bobby Lashley gets to celebrate tonight. Good for him. He, uh, Bobby's going to be hanging around, uh, you know. Down at the Mandalay Bay or down at the Aria. Might be on the lookout for Bobby Lashley with a big U.S. title belt to celebrate. Good for him. Bianca Belair pretty much crushes Carmella. Of course, she had to fill in because Rhea Ripley got hurt. And, boy, we still really haven't heard a lot about what happened to Rhea. Rhea was supposed to be wrestling Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship tonight. But... Some sort of brain injury has put her on the shelf for a while. Carmella wins a match on Raw to fill in. Bianca crushes her, but then all of a sudden, for some reason, Carmella flips out at the end of the match, attacks her, maybe setting something else up. A match that, of course, nobody wants to see again. I mean, just it completely pointless, but whatever. That's WWE for you. So Bianca Belair of course, retains her WWE Raw Women's Championship. And then I got to tell you, one of the 
better tag team matches I've seen. Very impressive. The Usos, Jimmy and Jay taking on the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. And by the way, if you haven't seen Montez Ford for a while, a man, of course, who flies through the air with the greatest of ease, he is bulked up. And this one was a, as, as well, Corey Graves said, it was a banger. And they duked it out for a good 23 minutes, I think was the official match time. Unbelievable match. A lot of drama, a lot of great near falls. You, you expected the Usos to win this, but boy, these guys put on a show. The Usos did win, but what a terrific match. You know, Get on your peacock tonight, and this one was definitely worth a watch. I'm telling you, if you're a wrestling fan, you will enjoy this. And especially if you're a tag team wrestling fan, I'm telling you, you are going to love the tactics that they used in this match all over the place and some just some great psychology, some great trash talking, a blast, absolute blast. All four look great, but the Usos do retain their undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship tonight in a, a hell of a match. So the Usos will continue their reign. We'll see what's next for them. But they did tease a rematch as they showed a replay that Montez, who took the fall, had his shoulder up. So Montez Ford eh, left a little something uh, something in the tank there. So we'll see how that goes. And, of course, by the way, you're listening to the Mark Oak Show on KDWN 101.5 FM, 720 AM, the number one professional wrestling show here in Las Vegas. Of course, doing a special show here on Saturday night as we... Got a lot of wrestling news for you over this 4th of July weekend. And by the way, hope everybody has a safe and happy 4th of July weekend. Don't do anything stupid with those fireworks, guys. There's enough in the ring to keep you going. So, and appreciate you listening. And by the way, of course, don't forget again, tomorrow it'll be me, Andrew Fishfane, and Joe DeFalco of Future Stars of Wrestling tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. So get on up. Check us out. We'd appreciate it. Followed that up with a singles match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. As, of course, former UFC superstar Ronda Rousey taking on Natalia, of course, the daughter of Jim the Anvil Neidhart and, of course, member of the Hart family. Natty did a great job promoting this one up. And they had a pretty solid match. Ronda Rousey wins this one. But uh, had a little knee injury during the match. Or it's not a real knee injury. But Natty kind of busted her up a little bit. And at the end of the match, Ronda's hobbling around. And all of a sudden, well, what do you know? Liv Morgan's music comes out. Turns that, turns out that, oh, I think I'm going to wait till WrestleMania. And let's party it up. Lasted a whole hour and a half, two hours. And she comes running out with her money in the bank briefcase. And she's cashing in. So she goes after Ronda Rousey. Rousey gets her in an ankle lock. Liv gets out, gets a hold of that bad knee, rolls her up. One, two, three, and Liv Morgan has managed to capture the WWE SmackDown women's title. And after eight years, 
even through NXT and WWE main roster, it is her first WWE championship. So now, <laughs> that celebration, yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit bigger than what she was planning just carrying around a briefcase is uh, she ditched it, and she's going to be wearing the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship around. So if you see a really cute blonde running around with a blue belt that's got a W on it, make sure you give her a high five because that was a lot of work for her to get there. Big congratulations to Liv Morgan as she is your new WWE SmackDown Women's Champion. And, uh, you know, pretty cool finishes. Ronda hands the belt to her, shakes hands, and Liv gets to celebrate at the MGM. And, and you know, it kind of brought me back to when I was at the uh, WWE Money in the Bank when Dean Ambrose cashed in the night that he won the Money in the Bank briefcase and took the title from Seth Rollins after Seth Rollins had taken the title from Roman Reigns, and that was just a crazy night. And it happens again. Here in Las Vegas, boy, you roll the dice. But congratulations to Liv Morgan, who wins the SmackDown Women's Championship. So, Liv, hey, have a great time in Las Vegas. I'm sure you and your compatriots who have been watching you work so hard at your craft and finally getting there. I believe her sister is in town tonight. So enjoy yourselves, Liv. Way to go. And then, of course, we once again mentioned the Money in the Bank ladder match for the men. With Drew McIntyre, Madcap Moss, almost Riddle, Sami Zayn, Seth freaking, I got to make sure we say that, they had Seth Rollins and Sheamus with Theory inserted in the match at the end. Of course, Adam Pearce coming out saying, hey, what would be better than having the seven guys and let's have an addition, which is Theory. Theory shows up and ends up winning this match. Oh. And I had to say, it was a fun card, and the, and the wrestling was fantastic. But, boy, there's going to be a lot of people who aren't going to be happy about this. And you got to wonder. The thing is, is that where does theory fit into all this? And you have Roman Reigns as your champion right now. And at SummerSlam coming up next uh, next month, you have Reigns in a last-man-standing match against... Brock Lesnar. And, of course, eventually they're trying to set up the Roman Reigns versus The Rock match. You've got Reigns scheduled to take on Drew McIntyre at the Clash in the Castle in a few months. Where does Austin Theory fit into all this? Because, of course, Roman Reigns right now has both belts. You also have Cody Rhodes eventually will be back. Of course, he tore his pectoral muscle a little while ago, right before the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view last month. Of course, he's supposed to be out about nine months, but usually these guys are in pretty good shape. Of course, John Cena got back in three. You had uh, Triple H got back in six. And Cody's in pretty good shape. You would expect that he'll probably be back somewhere around that time frame. So where does a guy like Austin Theory fit into all this? Is Usually it's about 85% of the the time when someone wins one of these briefcases 
over the years that they end up winning the WWE Championship and Ruth Reigns having both belts. Boy, it is really hard to imagine that you're going to take the belt off of Roman Reigns and give it to Austin Theory. Do you plan to have Cody Rhodes at some point when when he gets back win the title and then have Theory take it off Rhodes? Do you have the last man standing match in when Lesnar maybe win it and then have Theory take it off him? Does Drew McIntyre win it at the Clash at the Castle and Theory take it off him and now you've got some craziness going on? You know, does Reigns want to go on a vacation? You know, he's already taking a little bit of time off right now. There, Obviously, there's possibilities, but, boy, I'll tell you, this just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make sense. And you got to feel for a guy like Riddle who, you know, everybody had their hopes up that putting Riddle into this match was going to force him into a WWE Championship match. But, oh, man. It, it it's just it just feels like a letdown. It really does, and it's it's amazing how WWE just finds their way into putting together a really terrific card. Overall, was a great night with some unbelievable matches, and everybody's go goes home scratching their heads like, "What are you doing?" Now we we've, we've seen many wrestlers get pushed down our throats by WWE over the years. And a lot of resentment resentment get built up. You know, Roman Reigns was one of those guys. Over time, Roman Reigns has been had been just, oh, we've got it. You know, we're gonna make Roman Reigns champion. And you hear all the boos. You you heard all the you know, let's go Cena, Cena sucks chance on TV and at live events all the time. And you know, not their fault. But they didn't let things organically happen, and now you're taking a, a great talent like Theory, and he is a, a very good young wrestler, but you are taking him and you are shoving him into that position again instead of letting it naturally happen. And he is a, a very talented guy. He's an, And as a heel, a bad guy, he is someone that people could really eventually just be disgusted by. A swarmy young kid who just drives everybody nuts that you could make that a good heel champion and just get everyone to not want to be around and make him someone that's marketable and be one of those top heels in your company. You know, take him and put him in a somewhat like an MJF in AEW. But no, you're going to force this and make him Vince McMahon's chosen one. How'd that work out for Drew McIntyre? Hmm? Anybody remember that? He ended up getting Drew shoved out of the company and off to impact he went. Oh, and, you know, Drew just didn't make it. Well, it's because you, you shoved them down everybody's throats. You want to do that to Austin Theory, a young, promising guy, and send him off to AEW? Go right ahead. Because here we go again. I, if out of all those guys, 
Drew McIntyre winning it, I'm cool with that. Uh, Madcap Moss would have been a bad choice. Almost probably would have been a bad choice. Riddle winning it, good choice. Sami Zayn winning it would have been intriguing because of his relationship with the bloodline. Does Sami Zayn betray the bloodline at some point? Stab Roman Reigns in the back. Interesting. Seth Rollins. The relationship with Roman Reigns would have been a great story to have Roman Reigns looking over his shoulder at his former Shield teammate for months. Could you imagine the torture that Roman Reigns will be going through, especially after the last match that Rollins just had? Great idea. Sheamus, the brawler with Ridge Holland and Pete Dunne, of course, Butch now, just driving him nuts. Former WWE champion. Guy that cashed in on him before. Great story. But nah... Why do that? Ugh. If you're on Twitter, hey, it's at Mark Hoke Show. I'll throw the Twitter up. Tell me what you think. Love to hear from you. We can't put phone lines on because I'm the only one here. I'm in the production booth. Because, of course, it's holiday weekend and I'm the only one around. So can't take the calls. But if you have it on Twitter, at Mark Hoke Show, let's hear your thoughts. I would love to see what you think about the, your reaction to Money in the Bank. Because this is... A, a great night overall that I think got spoiled. So let me know what you think about Money in the Bank tonight. Oh, man. But, of course, overall, we, we had some other stuff going on this week. I mean, AW and New Japan, by the way, just put on a joint promotion. An unbelievable night of wrestling with the second and third biggest promotions in the world coming together. I mean, that was something else. If you didn't see that uh, that pay-per-view on Sunday, you missed something else. And I'm going to give you my opinions about the card and what may be going on with some momentum in AEW. It's quite intriguing. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more going on in the world of professional wrestling and we're also we're also going to take a look at blood and guts and some other things going on with raw and smackdown like i said hit us up on twitter at mark hoke show give us your thoughts about money in the bank and anything else going on stick around everybody we are going to be right back on the mark hoke show on kdwn 101.5 fm 720 a.m and by the way, don't forget to give us a follow there on that Twitter and, of course, on Facebook at The Mark Hoke, Mark Hoke Show. Stick around. We'll be right back. Want more of The Mark Hoke Show? Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show. Like us on Facebook at The Mark Hoke Show. And visit MarkHokeShow.com to keep up with everything happening with the show. And remember to check out all of our archive shows on YouTube at The Mark Hoke Show and download our podcasts at markhokeshow.podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. So join The Mark Hoke Show family today, and thanks for listening. 1015 FM, 720 AM, KDON, the talk of Las Vegas. Now, let's return to The Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Here again, your host, Mark Hoke. 
All right, and we are back on the Mark Hoke Show, the number one pro wrestling show in Vegas. And, of course, don't forget again, tomorrow we have our normal showtime, 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. Eastern. And, of course, even if you're not in Las Vegas, you can listen to us anywhere in the world on KDWN.com. Just click on that Listen Live button. And, of course, you have been listening to us from around the world. Man, we just got a download of our podcast in Lebanon. Very cool. I think it's like 46 countries somewhere in that range have downloaded our podcast. And we certainly do appreciate it. Our main podcast site is on Podbean. You can go to markhokeshow.podbean.com. And, of course, all of your favorite podcast outlets pretty much have us. So we certainly do appreciate all those downloads across this big blue ball that we all live on. It's pretty amazing, and we thank all of you for tuning in. Certainly do appreciate it. So tune on in. And and by the way, if you want to have some fun tonight, if you're a football fan, the Trojan football report is coming up tonight. Of course, Harvey Hyde coming up this evening right after us. And it should be a pretty interesting show because, of course, USC and UCLA are leaving the Pac-10 and headed to the Big Ten. And I'm sure Coach is going to have something to say about that. So make sure you stick around after we're off the air at 9 o'clock to listen to that one because it's probably going to be one of the more interesting shows that Coach Hyde's done. So make sure you stick around here on KDWN 101.5 FM. 720 a.m. Now, we had another pay-per-view, and this was a true pay-per-view from All Elite Wrestling on Sunday. Of course, the joint show with New Japan Pro Wrestling and All Elite Wrestling, The Forbidden Door, which, of course, featured the gang from All Elite Wrestling teaming up with the boys from New Japan Pro Wrestling. In what was a pretty amazing show. Uh, I went and watched this over at the Orleans. One of the pretty neat offerings that AEW does is you can go and watch it at movie theaters. Uh, I think it was $25 for a ticket. Just took my daughter. Had to shell out the money for the popcorn. Had no choice. Because if you're a dad, that's what you do. And... Really enjoyed the card. Overall, a lot of terrific matches. The American wrestlers and the Japanese wrestlers did an unbelievable job. There's a fair amount of these guys know each other because they have worked together before. So let's run down through that card and let you know what happened there. There were some pretty interesting things that took place on the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Three matches on the buy-in before the main card started. Uh, Aaron Solo and QT Marshall took on Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. And uh, Goto and Yoshihashi picking up the win there. Kind of felt bad for Goto because he was kicking things off wrestling uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi in a qualifying match. The winner got to wrestle John Moxley for the AEW Interim World Championship. And apparently the loser... Got to be on a buy-in match. But go to look good. So, nice, you know, decent match. 
Uh, Lance Archer took on uh, Nick Camarado. Archer winning that one, but boy, there was some beef in the ring on that one. Those boys beat each other up pretty hard. Okay, match. Uh, third match on the buy-in was Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee against Yoshinobu Katamaro and El Desperado. Swerve and Lee picking up the win there. So that kicked off. Oh, I'm sorry, and I apologize. No one. We also had the eight-man match, which turned into a two-on-four match. Max Caster and the Gun Club taking on Uimura, Alex Coughlin, and the DKC. Kevin Knight, and uh, it was kind of weird because Austin and Colton Gunn were massively distracted by a video from Danhausen, and they ran away. But Caster and Billy Gunn were able to get the win. And I got to tell you, Max Caster's over. We have an interview with him on uh, in our podcast back from the Double or Nothing weekend here in Las Vegas. And tell you what, that dude is getting there. And the acclaimed, as if you are following what's going on with them, I tell you what, they're on their way. They are on their way. Uh, first match of the night on the regular card was Chris Jericho, Minoru Suzuki, the Japanese tough guy, and Sammy Guevara taking on our tough guy, Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shoto Umuno. Uh, Jericho, Suzuki, and Guevara getting the win. Umuno taking the fall on that one. Pretty hard-hitting match, especially Kingston and Suzuki. <laughs> Those two guys, I'll tell you what. They like beating each other up. It's fun to watch. It's um yeah, they enjoy pain. I don't know what's up with those guys. They're a little sick in the head. But a pretty cool way to kick that one off as Jericho, Guevara, and Suzuki get the win to open that one up. We then had a uh three-way match for the Ring of Honor and IWGP tag team titles between Rapungi Vice, the United Empire, which is Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn, and our Boys, FTR, winner taken all, and FTR gets the victory. And it was kind of an interesting match because Dax Harwood apparently, well, faked a shoulder injury, but was out of this match most of the way and then came back out with his shoulder all taped up. But FTR gets the win. They are now the AAA Tag Team Champions, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, and the IWGP Tag Team Champions. So they are holding three tag titles at once. One from Mexico, one from Japan, and one that's part of AEW. That is pretty crazy. And that is a brutal schedule. Don't even know what to say, but FTR is... You're gonna, you, if you say who's the best tag team in the world, you could definitely make the argument for them you're probably going to get in a fight between them and the young bucks and the usos but wow uh, an unbelievable win for ftr and they are getting over and over and over so pretty wild one there as ftr is now a triple champion by the way i uh, just got a tweet from my co-host or a, a text from my co-host uh, saying the men's winner, I'm sorry, my phone just faded out there for a second. 
Andrew Fishvane, this is a preview for you for tomorrow. The men's winner was the stupidest and most obvious choice in the entire world. Should be a fun show tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had a, f- a fatal four-way for the new AEW title, the All-Atlantic Championship. Pack Miro, Malachi Black, and Clark Connors. Connors actually had lost his qualifying match in New Japan uh, to Tomohiro Ishii. But Ishii hurt his knee in that match and uh, had Connors fill in. And Connors did a great job, ends up taking the fall, of course. But Pac finally, finally gets a title in AEW as Pac goes over, gets a massive You Deserve It chant, and he is your AEW All-Atlantic Champion. Congratulations to Pac in a terrific match. Bullet Club against the Dudes with Attitudes. That's right for you 80s slash early 90s fans. Yes, they kind of pulled the Dudes with Attitudes name out. The Young Bucks and El Phantasmo against Sting, Darby Allen, and Shingo Takagi. And nothing... <laughs> I love what Bleacher Report said about this. Nothing but their pride on the line. And something I never thought I'd see... Yes, ladies and gentlemen, El Phantasmo gave Sting, yes, the 62-year-old legend, gave Sting a titty twister. I think I can say titty twister on the air. Maybe I go with purple nurple. I'm not sure. Sting gave it back. He he, he didn't know sell it. But uh, the dudes with attitudes get the victory, thank God. But... but, uh, a typical bullet clubby young bucks kind of match. You knew it was coming, but a, pr- a pretty fun match. A lot of great action in that one. So that was that was something else. We'll just leave it there. Uh, Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm, which I thought this was going to be a pretty crazy match. A lot of lot of excitement from the crowd, and actually, it was a good match. But it turned out to be surprisingly kind of the the dud match for the fans. And this one, that was a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, Thunder Rosa gets the win too, which I was thinking Tony storm might go over, but Thunder Rosa retains the AEW women's world championship. So Tony storm's got to go back to the drawing board on this one, but uh, you know, a really good match, but just the crowd was a little bit dead on this one. Uh, not sure how AEW is going to respond to this as Thunder Rosa's AEW women's title reign has been just a little bit stale. Don't know what to say about that, but we'll see what decisions AEW makes going forward with the women's title. As But Thunder Rosa retains. Orange Cassidy makes his return. Of course, if you haven't seen Orange Cassidy, the man with the hands in the pockets. Yes, he likes to wrestle a lot with his hands in his pockets in his jeans, takes on one of maybe the three top three five, three five technical wrestlers in the world, Will Ospreay, for the IWGP US title. And, you know, every time I think Orange Cassidy is not a good wrestler, he proves me wrong. And he hung with Will Ospreay every step of the way. An absolutely outstanding match. Ospreay does win this and retains... 
his IWGP US title. There were some amazing spots in in the match. They went at it like you would not believe and just got to hand it to both guys. And if you don't take Orange Cassidy seriously, even though he does do a lot of comedy in his matches, kudos to both guys. Amazing match. Then we had the mystery match. Zack Sabre Jr., who a lot of people think is the greatest technical wrestler in the world, was planning on taking on Brian Danielson. Of course, he was Daniel Bryan in WWE. But, of course, Danielson has been injured. Still haven't really revealed what's up with him. But he had a mystery opponent, and that mystery opponent turns out to be the formerly known as Cesario. Cesaro, Claudio Castagnoli, shows up, and they put on a clinic. Castagnoli gets the win, and what an amazing match that was. So... Castagnoli is back, and he is part of the organization known as the Blackpool Combat Club with John Moxley, of course, formerly Dean Ambrose in WWE, Brian Danielson, and Wheeler Yuta, run by William Regal. So that, that group of guys, yikes, those boys can wrestle. And, of course, we're on the Mark Hoke Show here on KDWN 101.5 FM, 720 AM, the best in pro wrestling just having a blast and running down the AEW Forbidden Door pay-per-view from Sunday. And, of course, I already went through the WWE Money in the Bank event that took place here in Las Vegas tonight. And, of course, if you missed that, theory. And that's all I have to say. Theory. The IWGP World title was on the line on the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. And this was probably the only weird thing that happened on the card that night. You had Jay White, the IWGP world champion, taking on Adam Page, or Adam Page, uh, Hangman, yeah, Hangman Adam Page, excuse me, Adam Cole, Kazuchika Okada, of course, the Japanese legend. And unfortunately, Adam Cole sustained a massive concussion in this match and collapsed. Jay White hit his switchblade on Okada and got in and covered Cole to end what was an unbelievable match at that point. But unfortunately, Cole had to be, did get out of the ring on his own power, but Adam Cole is apparently going to be out for a while. He's dealing with a shoulder injury as well. But it was an, an abrupt ending to what was just an amazing war between the four guys, and it had to compliment him for what was a great match, but a, a just a tough ending for the four of them in what was going, going to be a classic until that that finish, but uh, Jay White holds on to his IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, and then of course the final match of the night, John Moxley and Hiroshi Tanahashi for the AEW Interim World Championship. Of course, this was supposed to be CM Punk taking on Tanahashi for the AEW title, but Punk has a broken wheel. Is apparently a foot injury, had to have surgery on it, so he is out indefinitely. So AEW has decided to go the interim world championship route. And Moxley and Tanahashi took each other on. Moxley managed to bust himself open, bled all over the place, but manages to get the victory in this one. And John Moxley is your AEW interim world champion 
We'll see if he hangs on to that title and eventually faces CM Punk, or maybe somebody else sneaks in and wins that championship from him and gets that match with CM Punk when Punk finally does get back. But overall, an outstanding card for these guys. What was really interesting about this, number one, of course, the the crowd for this was incredibly knowledgeable at the United Center about the Japanese wrestlers, and they were so over. Uh, Tanahashi actually was getting heavily cheered in this match against Moxley. Uh, really a split crowd and you know maybe even was on Tanahashi's side a little bit. And if you'd have been listening to the you listen to the show that we did on the Sunday of the event, I actually was wondering if they maybe should have gone with Tanahashi and rolled the dice on this, but the safe choice was Moxley. They went with it. And you know, Moxley walks out with the title, but certainly, you know, some storylines were set up for both organizations coming out of this. Uh the and also interestingly, the pay-per-view buys were pretty solid between 125 and 127,000. So both organizations pick up a nice check at 49 bucks a piece plus the theater buys. So not bad. But also interestingly enough that about 60, I think it was 61% of the fans who ordered double or nothing uh, who purchased, who purchased Forbidden Door also ordered Double or Nothing. So 38% that didn't order Double or Nothing ordered this pay-per-view. So there was a lot of interest for this pay-per-view that didn't really care about Double or Nothing. So a lot of new fans came in to watch the Forbidden Door pay-per-view featuring the Japanese wrestlers. So there. I think a message got sent to both organizations that, hey, there's a new market here. You may want to try and bring these guys in and, you know, certainly to do it again. No doubt about that. So, and and there's been some interesting numbers that come in from AEW pay-per-views that it's more, you know, give us a good card. and Give us people that we want to see and you're going to, you're going to pull us in. So, the the Japanese wrestlers drew interest, and there is, you know, and and it, the AEW fan tends to know about these guys a little bit more than say the WWE fans, you know, mostly because the W the AEW fans are more of the rebel, I guess, more of the wrestling fan as opposed to the sports entertainment fan. So pretty interesting stuff coming out of the statistics from what happened with AEW's Forbidden Door pay per view. We'll see what happens as maybe we're going to see more of the Japanese wrestlers coming in. They they did start to integrate them earlier on. You did see um, Minoru Suzuki coming in. Uh, and, of course, Ring of Honor was bringing these guys in all the time before their promotion ended. So who knows? Pretty interesting stuff coming at you. Uh, and we'll see what the fallout is from the Forbidden Door pay-per-view would definitely imagine we're going to see that pay-per-view come back around next year in June or somewhere around there. And, of course, once again, this is the Mark Hoke Show here on KDWN 101.5 FM, 7.20 a.m. We are the talk of Las Vegas and the best in pro wrestling news and entertainment. And once again, don't forget, 
We uh, will be back on on our normal time tomorrow at 8 a.m. with Andrew Fishfein and Joe DeFalco. Having a great old time. And would be remiss if we didn't talk about something that happened on Monday Night Raw. Of course, the one of the WWE flagship shows. Somebody had an anniversary. That's right. John Cena celebrated his WWE 20th anniversary Monday night. Of course, we just had the Rocks' big anniversary a little while ago, and now John Cena celebrated his 20th anniversary at their Raw show in Laredo, Texas. And it's interesting when you look at the legacy of John Cena and what he meant to WWE. And what has happened to him since. And it's really funny when you think about the feud that he had with The Rock a few years ago. When it got extremely personal with the two of them. When John Cena said that The Rock left them to go Hollywood and be... A, you know, a, a movie star, and he forgot about everybody at WWE, and the two of them got really nasty in their promos with each other, and all of a sudden, John Cena ends up becoming an actor and a voiceover guy and you know, doing all the things outside of WWE and following the same path that The Rock did. And, of course, John Cena eventually, a little while after that whole thing happened, apologized to The Rock and realized that yeah, you know, I can see how it happened, and I understand now, and, and said I'm sorry. But, but one thing that's very interesting about the about John Cena's wrestling career, you know, we, we mentioned that a lot of the fans really had a love hate relationship with John because he was the goody two shoes guy. Once he stopped being the Doctor of Thugonomics, where he was the bad guy and was rapping on everybody and being mean and nasty, he ended up being the hustle, loyalty, and respect guy. The guy that everybody, the kids loved. And when you would hear the crowds, you would hear people say, the the younger kids and the women screaming, let's go Cena. And then you'd hear the deep voices yelling, Cena sucks. And people would criticize what he he did in the ring. But the funny part is that whenever they needed a big match, to main event a pay-per-view or do something big on Raw, they went to John Cena. You never hear John Cena get put on a Mount Rushmore of wrestling. A lot of that's kind of the big question. If you if you're not a big fan of wrestling and don't follow it as well, a lot of times when people say, well, What's your Mount Rushmore of wrestling? So who are your who are the four greatest wrestlers of all time? And you always hear people like Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, uh, Steve Austin, The Rock, Undertaker. But John Cena's name seems to never come up there. But if you look back over, say, the past 15 years in pro wrestling, John Cena is all over it. And without John Cena, they they may not have been able to trans transcend from the Attitude Era into the era they are today and have been become that global company that they were. Of course, John Cena, one thing that everybody knows about is how far he carried the company from, you know, being that 
crazy, nutsy, you know, attitude era to being accepted in a global community and being well-loved. The Make-A-Wish, the Make-A-Wish Foundation and all the wishes that he did, you know, Cena paved the way for that. And people just seem to have forgotten about that sometimes. But now they remember. And when he comes back, everybody loves John Cena. So, you know, hopefully John's... And I think people finally realize the place that John Cena had in pro wrestling. And, you know, wish the guy all the best. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Cena may be making a comeback here. And we're going to find out what happens in the future with John Cena. Maybe it's going to be John Cena in theory for that championship. Maybe that's where all this is going. We'll find out. Hey, don't forget, once again, join us tomorrow at 8 a.m. We'd love to have you hear us on here on KDWN. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show, Facebook, The Mark Hoke Show, MarkHokeShow.com, and, of course, those podcasts at MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com. Don't forget to listen to Harvey Hyde coming up on the Trojan Football Report, and we will see you tomorrow here on KDWN 101.5 FM 720. Stick around here for more from Harvey Hyde. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Have a great night and a great 4th of July, Las Vegas.